is up, Devil fans? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. We are live in the Sunshine State. We are at the Pickle Jar. Yes, we are. The Pickle Compound. <laughs> we are in Jupiter, Florida. It is going on 11 p.m. The Devils just... Oof, the Devils got their asses whooped by the Winnipeg Jets in a really uh, unmemorable game by the team. Um, Welcome. I hope everybody is doing well. So what we're going to do is we are going to cover last night's game and tonight's game. And actually, it was funny because we, we did the... We did the episode in Jersey after the Ranger game, and it was these immediate reactions where you don't really get to dive into like what actually happened as far as analytically, or you don't have time to like really kind of go over the game and diagnose what had happened. But that Ranger game was that Ranger game was really impressive. I thought the team played really well. I thought Timo Meyer played really well, and we talk about a first round matchup and. I would not be surprised if it looks like the Devils are going to play the Rangers in the first round at this point. For sure. And I just, you know, you look at the way that the Rangers play, and it is a good matchup for the Devils. I really believe that. I think, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the Rangers are just have so much talent and so many superstars and everything else. They're not really good in the neutral zone. So the Devils look really good against the Rangers because they're the Rangers don't really back check too hard. They're a very opportunistic team, meaning they could play like shit for 15 minutes out of a period, but it only takes one or two giveaways, and they are they have enough talent to really make you pay for that if you if you turn the puck over. But if you're able to control the puck against them in the neutral zone, I really don't think the Rangers have the the heart or the will to play a very sound, structured, defensive game um, and, and can defend a team with a lot of speed through the neutral zone. So I think the Devils actually match up really well against the Rangers. Shesterkin is incredible, but I was really proud of the way that the Devils played in that Thursday night game. I'm still kind of in the back of my head. It's, it feels like a while ago at this point, but... I still feel like that was a really important win for the team. And it goes to show, like, the Rangers do have some deficiencies that I didn't necessarily pay attention to prior to that game. Um, During that, you know, during the episode, our last episode, when we talked about the Ranger game right after, you said that you would rather see the Devils play against the Islanders, but then you said you'd rather see the Devils play against the Rangers, so we're going to put you on the spot right now. Um, Would you like to ask a question right at this particular time? Would you like to do that? I'd like to do that. So (laughs) would you rather see the Devils play the Rangers or the Islanders? Because we watched some of the Islanders game tonight versus Carolina, who Carolina plays a very similar game to uh, the uh, the Islanders play a very similar game to Carolina. They do. Um, yeah, it's it's that's a tough question, right? We're three zero and one, right, against the Rangers this year. So I kind of feel good about that. I kind of feel like 
you know, all the Rangers want to do is score goals. Nobody wants to play D. And that kind of works for us. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It works in our favor just because we are, we press a lot and we're good in transition. And if you give us the middle of the ice, you give the Devils the middle of the ice, you're screwed. I feel like you let us play with our speed in transition and you don't clog up the neutral zone at all. No, absolutely. And they're, you know, I feel like they got a bunch of cherry pickers there and, you know, we are playing the middle of the ice and we are breaking up those passes, those breakaway passes and, you know, turning them into scoring opportunities. We spent a lot of time in their zone. We did. And, you know, one of the things was our defense played really good, so it didn't give them a lot of opportunities to capitalize on. Um, and that's and that's where they make a living is by these, you know, they have these little turnovers that they they make you pay for. We were really strong with the puck in Thursday night's game, and uh, we came out on top. So coming off of Thursday night's game, the Devils had off Friday, and we flew into Chicago and had a game versus the Blackhawks, who at this point, I mean, the Blackhawks are in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, which I'm not going to get too deep into it. I'm going to do a, a, a whole separate podcast just on Connor Bedard at this point because of how special this kid really is. I mean, I've been following the draft and following, you know, junior hockey for a long time now, and I will go on record to say he is the best junior player that I've ever seen. And I would agree. Uh, he's well, he's the best one in a real long time. He had 12 points last weekend. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, Bedard now has 50 points in his last 18 games. Yeah, that's insane. Connor Bedard is on a different level. He really is. And um I'm just going to read off a couple of facts real quick just so you guys understand like the quality of player that this kid really is. He's got 90 points, 44 goals, 46 uh, assists in 35 games. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, that's a lot. And he's playing in the WHL, which is like, that's no slouch. Like, those aren't slouches, you know what I mean? He's got 22 goals uh, over his 11. Uh, he had 22 goals during an 11-game goal streak earlier in the season. He's only not had a point in four games all year. He has 28 more points, more than the WHL's next highest scorer. Um, he's averaging... 2.57 points per game. So he has the highest uh, points per game since 1989. And you got to remember, like, in the 80s, like, there was a lot of scoring going on. That's why, I mean, not taking anything away from Wayne Gretzky at all, but, like, scoring was a lot higher in the 80s. This is before the butterfly. Goalies were stand-up goalies for the most part. So um some the the goal scoring it was 6 to 7 the games 8 8 to 7 there was some serious scoring going on in the 80s you get into the world juniors which obviously everybody follows he's basically broken every record so he has the most uh career points by a canadian with 36 he's got the most career goals by a canadian he has the most points at a single tournament by a canadian the most assists assist in a single tournament by a Canadian. The most points at a single tournament by an under-18 player. In 2021-22, he, 
He was 16 years old. He became the youngest player to score 50 or more goals in the WHL. Uh, in 21-22, he was only the third 16-year-old to manage a 100-point season, the first to achieve it, the feat in the 21st century. He was the first player to earn exceptional status in the WHL after scoring 43 goals and 84 points in 36 games. So basically what they're saying is like Bedard is a combination of he has the speed and the puck handling ability of a Connor McDavid. And then he has the goal scoring ability of an Austin Matthews. And he has the smarts of a Sidney Crosby. And I just feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like the NHL is going to want him to play for the Chicago Blackhawks. The NHL definitely tilts the ice towards the original six teams. And I think everybody in Canada would disagree and say they want him to play for Montreal. I I don't think so. I, I think I think they want him to play for the Blackhawks. And if they're not going to play for the Blackhawks, I think Gary Bettman definitely would like him to play for Arizona because he's trying to build that Arizona market so much. Um, either way, th there's no way to know who he's going to play for. But the point being is, the Chicago Blackhawks are in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, and he's an extremely talented player. He's a he's a talent that we've quite possibly never seen before, which is exciting. I mean, uh, just as a hockey fan, I remember the goal he scored in the World Juniors, not this year, but last year. So he was granted exceptional status so he could play underage. And he had a backhander from the top of the circles, in between in between the circles, that was second to none i mean i see very very few people that could shoot a puck on their backhand like that Sidney crosby is like the best backhand player i've ever seen and this kid just can let it rip so you know you get into this it's there's only a couple games left in the season there were seven games left in the season and you think the blackhawks are it's in their best interest to lose it really is they didn't look like they tried to roll over last night i'm not suggesting that but my point being is they're that bad. With that said, if you were a professional athlete, you play with dignity and you want to go out there and you play, you have character and it's a group of people and it's hard to tell the people to go out and roll over. And I, I don't think that they did last night. Um, I thought the goaltending for Chicago last night was amazing. He kept them in the game. Let me pull this up real quick. Would we have like 35 shots on goal? Let's let's see what we got here. So Stalock, Stalock, he really played great. He had he had thirty nine shots against. We ended up scoring five goals. One was an empty netter, but I thought Stalock kept the entire Blackhawks team in the game. You know, it got off to a rough start where it was kind of like an actual game for about you know thirty minutes of it. And the truth is, the Devils completely dominated the entire first half of the game despite the score being um being tied and i saw people posting online and stuff oh well we were actually down two to one at one point people were freaking out how are you going to lose to the worst team in the league we're right. getting outplayed by chicago we were not getting outplayed by chicago i'm telling you we were dominating we just not for nothing we had a couple defensive lapses and 
Mackenzie Blackwood definitely looked a little shaky. Now, I'm not blaming the goals on Mackenzie Blackwood because I think that they were just two high-danger scoring chances that were converted. But Blackwood fumbled a bunch of pucks. Like, there was a couple flutterers. The one flutterer from the point that came through to him, it wasn't even a bouncing puck. I, I actually can respect a bouncing puck coming in awkward and trying to fight it off. He had just a, an easy shot with no one in front of him from the point come in. It got caught between his legs, and he lost it. And I feel like if we were playing a better team, they probably would have been able to capitalize on it. Luckily for us, um, they weren't. They didn't have any net front presence. But Mackenzie Blackwood, I did not feel comfortable with him in net pretty much the entire night. He looked like he was fighting every shot off. And it's it's getting a little old. Definitely. I think it, it should be a uh, Vanacek, uh, Schmid, you know, lineup for the Devils going into the playoffs. I'm hoping that it will be. I know, I know it probably won't. I know they'll probably go with Blackwood. Um, those would be my two choices. Yeah, I think that would be most Devils fans' choices. But the truth is, it seems like the Devils organization wants to stick with Blackwood and give him his opportunity being that he's been the number one goalie in New Jersey. If you want to call him that for the past, however many years he comes off an injury. He's actually played pretty well all season, but over the course of his career, he hasn't done anything to me that, uh, that gives him the pass on having some rough games. Like these are, it's getting too important at this point where it's down the stretch the entire, the entire motive of the entire year was to play meaningful games in March, and now we're in April, and not, we're not just playing meaningful games. We're playing to try to win the division. We're no, trying. Absolutely. We're talking about putting yeah. a banner up at the Prudential Center. Like when was the last time we put a banner up at the Prudential Center? It's been a long time. It's been 2012. But shit, like at some point, like you got to cut your losses, and I wonder if. You're going to give Blackwood a couple more starts and you're going to see if he can, if he looks reliable. And if he doesn't, maybe, you know, you tell him, hey, dude, you made your own bed. We gave you your opportunity. You fought pucks off the entire time, you know, even tonight. Tonight, he came in in relief of Vanacek, which we'll get into, but I feel like he just fought pucks really hard. He, he doesn't play position very well. He's, he doesn't move side to side very well. He doesn't have good rebound control. I'm starting to wonder, like, what does he do really good besides being six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and something pounds? Like, right. what? What? What is his strength? Well, look at the save percentage too. I mean, if you look at, you know, Akira Schmid's uh, save percentage, it's much better than Blackwood's. So it's, you know, that kind of tells the tale, doesn't it? It does, it, but yeah, they, I'm, I'm assuming like most teams and most organizations want to see it over a certain amount of games, you know what I mean? And it's not Schmidt's fault that he can't get between the pipes. Vanacek has played really well. To be honest, Schmidt shouldn't even be playing if Blackwood could stay healthy, but right. obviously that has been an issue his entire career. Um, It's just, it's so difficult. I feel like... This could have been a six-one game if it was a if Vanacek was playing or if Schmid was playing, and if we were weren't playing such a weak team right now, 
we could have lost the game just due to Blackwood's goaltending, but we didn't. And um, so the Devils ended up, we started off the game, and like I said, we dominated the entire game. I don't give a shit if we were down 2-1. to one. We played very, very strong. And uh, you saw, you saw um, Ruff make a couple adjustments during the game. So one of the things that he did that I brought up in our previous podcast was he dropped Timo Meyer down to the third line. He brought Tatar back up to play with Heischer and Mercer, who that line has been great for, you know, they played about a 20-game stretch together, and I thought that they were dominant. Mercer went on his goal run and his point streak. Tatar has had a amazing season. I think he has like 17 or 18 goals on the season. At the beginning of the year, one of my bold predictions was that people didn't have Tatar making the team. Before the season no, started, he had a rough year last yeah. year. Let's be real. People did not have him even making the team, and one of my bold predictions was he was going to score 20 goals this year. Thomas Tatar has been a he's been a real key glue guy for this organization for this year, and he's um, he's a guy that you could play on the third line, you could play on the first line, you could move him around. He he could play the penalty kill, he could play the power play. We don't play him on the penalty kill, obviously, but I'm saying he's a versatile player. He has a ton of experience. He plays the game the right way. And we need guys like that because you have a lot of skilled guys who like to, you know, they use their, uh, you know, you look at like a Jack Hughes, a Jesper Bratt, or, and it's like they like to use that speed and creativity. You need guys that play good fundamental hockey. And I think Tatar has been really a solid, a solid key piece of the, of the Devils this year. Am I right? For sure. For sure. So, and you got to remember, this guy's playing for a contract. He's kind of been around the league a little bit, and um, you know he 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 had gotten benched in the playoffs at one point, and he's gotten he's gotten under some coaches' skin in the in the past. And I think this year he's been a real leader, and he's like kind of led our team. And I, I'm really proud, and I would have no problem with the Devils trying to extend him moving forward. His contract is up at the end of the year. I wonder what kind of deal he'd be willing to take. But if he's willing to take some sort of team-friendly contract, I would have no problem signing him to maybe like a two- or a three-year deal. Right. I was surprised when you had said that you wanted uh, Timo on the third line because he could drive play. Mm. And that was, you know, breaking up uh, Heischer, Tatar, and Mercer when they were doing so well, and then Hughes and Bratt, you know, with uh, Palat, you know, you pick up somebody, you pick up somebody like Timo Meyer, and you think that he should be, you know, in the top six for sure. And look well, he what happens. Look he, what happened last night. He wants to get paid nine million dollars. He wants to get paid ten million dollars. You think, okay, this guy's going to be an automatic first line player. Exactly. And I totally understand that. You know what we should do? Let's play him with Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes can create a lot of offense, and then Meyer is a shooter. Let's let him shoot. The truth is, when Meyer has played on the third line, and this this happened like two or three games ago. He played on the third line. They gave him a couple shifts. It was like maybe four or five shifts. He played on the third line. He dominated, dominated, and it was because he knew I don't have to share the puck with anybody, not being selfish, just playing without thinking, without in the back of his head knowing I got Jack Hughes out here too. 
I got Nico. Excuse me. I got this person, that person. It was like, listen, Meyer, you are the guy. Go and drive play on this line and let these other guys dig for pucks. So they had uh, Halla and they had Boquist. And I thought that Timo Meyer literally took over the game. It, not not last night. I'm talking two or three games ago when he played on the third line. And then last night, it was like the second period. And sure enough, he was playing with Nico. And sure enough, they drop him back to the third line. And I was shooting you guys a text. And I said, watch out because I bet you Timo starts to take over right now. And it wasn't just a takeover. He he literally... Uh, he was on a roll. He basically controlled the entire game. Right. And it's been a long time. I mean, Jack Hughes has controlled a couple games this year for sure. No doubt about it. But it's been a very, very long time since I've seen a player control a game the way Timo Meyer controlled the game last night. Not only did he control the game, but Eric Halla was on a three-game goal streak at that point, hooked him up with a beautiful play that ended up coming to him and Halla finished bar down and then also created a goal for Jesper Boquist, who Jesper Boquist, we could jump into him right now. Why not? Jesper Boquist has played amazing on the third line. When he was playing with Timo, the goal that he had last night, my problem at the beginning of the year was Jesper Boquist was too easy to play against. Number one. Number two, doesn't go to the hard parts of the ice. He looked like a power forward last night. <laughs> Drove right to the net. Yeah, absolutely. Had patience yeah. with the puck on his stick and actually made a move. A normal uh, Jesper Boquist from a year ago, as soon as that puck came to him, no, he would have let it go. Absolutely. And, and, and he skated with the puck on his stick. He found a crease. And he drove to the net, like where he kind of like defended people off with his legs, and was able to score a goal. And I'm really happy for him. He he's a guy who, I would say, at the end of the year, most improved player, Jesper Boquist. Jesper right. Boquist went from not being able, you weren't able to rely on him defensively. He was not good away from the puck. He was too easy to play against. He could not play against the boards. He could not finish. And nothing could be further from the truth now. While he might not be scoring a ton of goals, he only has nine goals, while he might not be scoring a ton of goals, he has been amazing away from the puck. He is become extremely hard to play against. He clogs up the neutral zone. He's doing all the things that you want, and he's playing with speed. So he's not giving up the skill set that he came into the league with. Jesper Bokos has really impressed me, and... You know, tonight's game was a little disappointing because they played Meyer on that third line, and I thought the third line played... Nobody played good tonight. But you really... I feel like you're kind of wasting him if you put him on the fourth line with McLeod and Wood. You're The kid has something going. He, While he's playing great, he is a complimentary player. He's never going to be somebody that drives play himself. Mike McLeod is also playing very good. I'm happy with Mike McLeod's yeah, he's play. He's playing at a high level. And this I was really surprised that Sharon Govich was able to adapt to that line. Yeah, so I, I'm with you. So I thought, and I was concerned about Sharon Govich playing on the fourth line after he watched a bunch of games from the press boxes. He came out and he played great on the fourth line. And I was like, wow, like we kind of have something right here. Mind you... 
that was when Miles Wood was not playing. Right. So they had Foot, McLeod, Sharon Govich. They were literally the best line that night. Right. And that was two nights. And they played amazing together. Since then, the only thing that Mike that that Miles Wood has done was he fought Brady Kachuk, which right. kudos to him. That's who the hell wants to do that? Like, I mean, that takes a lot of balls, and that takes like you have to be a leader to go out and do that. But he does not add value to the team, and he's sucking the life out of our other players. If you were to play, like tonight was a game where you could have just pulled Wood off the ice, and if you were to play, they switched the lines up tonight, and it was a total clusterfuck. If you were to play Boquist, McLeod, and then just double shift, go ahead, throw Meyer on there. He would have crushed right. it. So tell me, what do you think? What do you think Wood has to do to get taken out of the lineup? It's like I don't understand how he could play so bad and we still stick with him like we're waiting for something great to happen. I'm waiting for a penalty. When he's on the ice, that's all that's really all I'm waiting for. He doesn't, you know, it's not like he makes great outlook or uh, outlet passes. He's not like he, the, he doesn't they're, they're, seem like he has great vision. It's like, what is he doing for the us? The truth is, they're they're not ex, they're not expecting anything from him. They're not. I, I I'm I'm at the point where I don't think they're expecting anything from him. I think that they their mindset is. He plays a physical game, which we don't have many guys that play a very physical game. Um, let's before we get into tonight. Let's let's just finish up on last night because last night was a really to me was a very impressive win. Damon Severson, he missed a wide open net. Let's get that off the table right now. He had a wide open net. That he should I have been able see. to finish it. But, damn, Damon Severson played really good. And he's a guy who I've always stuck up for. But the past couple games prior to last night, he has looked a little slow and indecisive with the puck. Um, and then last night, he really came out of his shell and played a really strong game. He had some of his – you want to talk about stretch passes? I mean, come on. Damon Severson can, had a couple really sweet uh, stretch passes. And – Shout out to Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton continues to put points up on the board. He is at, what is he at, 79 points? He's got 20 goals, broke the Devils' right, all-time right, record. Right, right, right. And, wait, what was it? It was 20 goals and... And he had like 51 assists. 51 assists. assists. He's got 71 points. Yeah, that's crazy. He has the same amount of points as Nico Heischer. Yeah. Going into tonight. That's crazy. It is. How is his name not being brought up in the Norris Trophy race? I have no what, idea. What do you have what to do? What do you got to do? Exactly. Dougie Hamilton has lived up to the hype and has earned every cent of his contract. Last year was really rough for him. This year, it's not just the goals. It's the timing of the goals and everything. And he's not a liability defensively at all. Like, let's be real. Like, that's not where you want to see him playing. If he's playing in his own zone... It's not ideal, but the Siegenthaler-Hamilton pairing, I thought, was really good last night. 
I also thought that the Marino Graves pairing was really great last yeah, night I thought, too. I thought that Graves played pretty Gra- good, and I didn't really catch the whole game. You know, I kind of fast forwarded this morning because I was in the airport last night trying to stream it in bad weather, so it was like a terrible reception. But I saw it. It looked like Graves had a pretty strong game. He did. So Graves ended up uh, plus three. He had a really nice goal, um, which was set up on, you know, Timo was involved in that one as well. Right. And, um, and I'm like, I hate to just keep harping on Timo Meyer, but the guy really is, he's, he's completely controlling the games. Hits, assists, goals, rebound attempts. Like, he's at the top of the devil's list in every single advanced stat. Um I have no problem with the Devils opening up the checkbook for him right, right now. He's because, totally involved in every game and in every aspect. And he goes to the net, man. That dude drives to the net. Here, I'll move this over for you. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Got a buzz? Oh yeah. No, 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 not are you drunk? Do you have a buzz in your headphones? No, that's what I was talking about. Oh. Um, yeah, so so yeah, we watched the game. I watched the game last night in New Jersey. Um and I was really happy with the ta- the way that the team played. It was a good comeback win. I thought they dominated the entire game. So if you go into the the recap of the game, um the Devils had 40 shots on net. How many do you think Chicago had? Chicago, it didn't look like they had many. I'm probably going to say about 18. Try plugging that. Try plugging that thing in. Yeah, they had 17 shots. Oh, very close. That is close. Um, it was bad. I mean, Devils beat them in the, in the circle, face-off circle. It was I, it was an overall ass ass whipping. If you look at the um, the heat map, it was Devils completely dominated. Anybody that was watching the game halfway through the game, and the Devils were losing two to one, and were complaining about us getting dominated by Chicago, literally, you have no idea what you're looking at. No. There, it, Reading Twitter like drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it. It'll it'll it's a it's a deep dark hole. So. We watched a game. I watched a game last night in New Jersey. The pickle was flying out from Newark. Man, those storm, to fly the out. storms that came through Jersey last night were crazy. I don't know how many of you guys live down in Ocean or Monmouth County, but uh, tornadoes and and it was legit. So the pickle ends up getting stuck in Newark. Did you fly back last night? No, I flew back this morning so at you... 1 o'clock in the morning. I had a 7 o'clock flight last night. 1 o'clock in the morning, they said, you know what? You're not getting out tonight. So wound up vacationing last night at the beautiful Marriott Newark Airport for three hours. Got three hours sleep and then hopped my plane this morning. Yeah, so you end up staying in Newark overnight. You leave in the morning, and mom can't get on the same flight. Nope. 
So I have to fly down. Um, I'm flying down at like 11 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I'm bringing all this shit. And we're going to do podcasts from Florida. And we're going to have a fun time with it. We're trying to get the tickle back down here. And uh, we use, we're going through the new Terminal A, which is completely new for me. Did you fly through Terminal A? I have flown through Terminal A. The new one? Well, yeah, absolutely. So this is my first time. It's terrible. It's awesome, yet it's 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 not built for it yet. It's beautiful, but there's no there's no way to get there. Yeah, no, there's no way to get anywhere. So I have there. to walk. Fi- it's a 15 minute walk if you get off of the I, tram. I am well aware. I have all of this shit. I got three kids. I got all of our luggage. I drop age and the kids off at the terminal, and then I'm like, I'm gonna go park the car and then walk over there. And it's like she's like, Where are you? I'm like. I'm still walking. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. So I have all this stuff. So I hope everybody's enjoying this because it was a real pain <laughs> in my nuts getting everything out here. Um, but, yeah, so we we finally got out here at, like, 2 o'clock and then, um, you know, hopped in the pool and did all the family stuff and watched the game out back. We actually threw the Carolina Islander game on, hoping that the Islanders got out to a one nothing lead. But Carolina was able to come back and win that game. And then the devil game started. And uh, we got a couple stogies and made a couple cocktails. And holy crap, what an ass kicking. The whole day was a wash. It started with the Ranger game. You know, I was kind of hoping that the Washington would step up and beat the Rangers. That didn't happen. You know, the Islanders, they can't make it happen. Today was a wash. Today, Today, just freaking scrub it and forget it. Yeah, today's game was ugly. Um, And we'll get into it real quick. We're not going to harp on it because, you know what, like the Devils have played three games in four nights, two games on the road, traveling. And the two previous games that they played, they have looked impressive. So I don't want to just bash the team into the ground. But holy shit, tonight was ugly. Tonight was ugly. So basically, this this is what I was thinking. I'm I'm watching the game, and I didn't want to tell you this because we were having a good time and we mm-hmm. were well, we were trying to have a good time. But this is what I was thinking in my head. Go on, go, go into the ham <laughs> and take the carving knife and stab me here, here, here. Yes, it was bad. It was at no point in the game did the Devils have anything going on really, and you know. First of all, shout out to the Winnipeg Jets because the Winnipeg Jets played very good hockey game tonight. They needed this game a lot more than we did, and you could tell by the way that they played. It was it was pretty impressive. Um, you know, one of the guys that plays on the uh, that plays on the Jets that I'm kind of a kind of a fan on kind of a fan of is Kyle Connor, and he ended up scoring tonight. And just to get into Kyle Connor for just a, a second, um, this guy's been in the league since 2016-17. He actually, he played 20 games in 2016-17, but really he started, he came onto the scene and played 76 games in 17-18. He had 31 goals that year, followed by 34, followed by 38, 26, Last year, he had 47 goals. This year, he had 30. 
He had 93 points last year. Wow. This kid's sick. Yeah. He's really good. Um, yeah, so he was drafted um, 17th overall in the first round in 2015, and he's just a finisher. Um, what's up? Nothing. I'm watching you, my dog. Are you hoping that the dog doesn't fall in the pool or yeah, something? Yeah, pretty like, much. Pretty much. Yeah, so the Devils couldn't get anything going tonight. So they started off um, with Timo on the third line, which I was excited to see. And once the Devils got outplayed, Ruff started fucking with the lines. And then nothing really went well the entire night. Like, on top of Winnipeg playing really good and trying to make a push for the playoffs, the Devils just couldn't execute at all. They looked tired. They looked like they weren't very focused. They had defensive lapses, turnovers, not covering people in front of the net, multiple defensemen behind the net at the same time. I mean, and then they switched the lines up, and they had Boquist on the fourth line, and that was like, basically you could have wrote the fourth line off. That was completely useless. Palat's having a rough go of it. Tatar did not have a great game. Jack Hughes had a bunch of turnovers. And we'll get into some of the underlying stats. Yeah, I don't think you could have mixed the lines up to make them play better. I think there was nothing was that you were going to do tonight. There I was... think they were flat-footed, you know, slow throwing the puck in all the wrong places. It just, it was, it was gross. It was, it was a bad outing. It was really bad. One bad outing. We haven't really seen the Devils get smacked like that this year. No, not at all. And I was kind of worried that we were going to get our first shutout. That didn't happen. Yeah, so Nico comes through and scores a, a late goal with 13 seconds left in the game. His 32nd of the season. Nico, my guy. But it was way, way too late. You go to the underlying numbers. Severson, Sharon Govich, Bratt, Ball. They had good games according to the underlying numbers. But to be honest with you, nobody really played well. Um, then they moved Meyer up to the first line. They were just moving everybody around. I didn't know. I nobody knew what was going. I didn't. I couldn't follow what was even going on. No, I couldn't either. And it, it, you know, you lose six to one. Nobody played well. The game was so far out of reach at that point that it was tough. But you look, Eric Hall was a minus three. Tatar was a minus two. Palat was a minus two. Boquist was a minus two. One one stat that did stick out to me was Nico Heischer. Eight shots on net. Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of shots on net in a game where you got completely dominated. Um, besides that, the next guy, I mean, the next closest shots on net was Halla had three and Graves had three. But besides that, like, the Devils are just in trouble and, and Hellebuck played a hell of a game. And that's why you could see why he, he is he's going to win the best of trophy. He's he's that good, and I know a lot of people are talking Sorokin now. You know, we just got to see Sorokin firsthand, but Hellebuck is really doesn't have the team in front of him that the Islanders have. Doesn't have the the structure that the Islanders have in front of him. I would not be surprised. He's been one of the best goalies in the league for the past five years. He has a Vesna Trophy coming his way. Uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't win it this year. He's played that well, so he's keeping them in the playoff hunt for sure. He played great. No, absolutely. He, he was played not, too good. He was not scrambling. 
Did you notice no, that? No, he doesn't scramble. He was not he's, scrambling he's at all. Fundamentally sound in every respect. Yeah. So, um, and then you you know you get into you get into the the Jets and like pretty much everybody played good. So like Ehlers had two. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois had one. Connor had one. Nino Niederreier had one. All the guys that you would expect. Um, no Shifley, but. They put it on us, man. It was uh, that was a good old fashioned ass whooping, and it sucks that uh, you know after lugging all this crap down here, this is what we have to talk about. But it's part of the game. That's what happens, and I'm hoping that the Devils they get home. I'm assuming they're flying back tonight. Get home, review some tape, whether it's tomorrow or Tuesday morning, and then they got a big game on Tuesday. It's going to be the same kind of situation. You're going to be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are in desperation for a playoff spot, and they have a lot of experiences. Everybody knows the Penguins. They've kicked our ass for a long time. Which, speaking about kicking the Devils' ass, Winnipeg has gone 15 and two exactly versus the Devils. Yeah, that's an amazing stat. That's a, that really is considering we've beaten all the Western Canadian teams every game this year. Well, we we beat every Canadian team. I think it is every Canadian team. This was the first one, first game we lost. It was. That's that's they that's didn't amazing. Just, they didn't just beat us. They no, they spanked us. And, and, but I mean, like they've so like my point is they've spanked us for fifteen and two for. Uh, yeah, pretty much. For so, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. This is one of the ones where you got to burn the tape and you just got to regroup, get Absolutely. your shit together, and then go back to the same lines that you had. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Go back, play Tatar, Heisher, Mercer, keep Jack and Brat and Palat together. And then play Timo with Boquist and Halla. That those are three lines that match up against pretty much anybody really well. I would suggest if you have an opportunity to play Bastion over Wood, Bastion do it. Bastion, McLeod, Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich played good as a fourth line player. I was definitely skeptical. He proved me wrong. I'm all about Bastion, McLeod. Sharon Govich. I actually feel bad for Mike McLeod how well he's played and he gets no help. Like just there's no fundamental there's no good puck movement. There's there's really Miles Wood does not make any good decisions with the puck. And um That's not if, fair. That's right. not fair to two and young players playing well. not ready. It's like give Nolan Foden another shot. Well, it's ba- like he Bastion, played pretty good. Bastion is ready. Bastion skated had skated with the team today during warm-ups. So I think he is ready. I think Ruff just needs to pull that card and be like, okay, it's 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 officially time. But it's time. It is time. It is. I don't know. We'll wait and see. We got a couple games this week. Um, this is going to be an interesting week. It didn't help that obviously Carolina won. So they kind of the yeah. But Carolina, I was hoping we were one point away. No, I hear you. I, hear I, you. I don't think I, I. I was hoping we could, you know. We could take the top spot like by ourselves today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I, that doesn't look very promising at this point. So it's up to us to kind of control our home ice advantage against the Rangers, um, which I think is 
which I think is doable. And you have some, you have Pittsburgh, which will be tough. But then after that, you have a, a game versus Columbus, who is obviously struggling. So if you could win on Tuesday and then win on Thursday, you only have four games left after that. I think, I think we're in a good position. So, um, what do you got? You got anything else? I don't. So late. I don't. I wanted to have amnesia after tonight. Let's forget about tonight's game. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to you guys Tuesday after the uh, Pittsburgh game. I'm with the pickle. My name is Bill Botch. You're listening to the Trap Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.